Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo and up to Pismo. I'm captain of the Pismo Beach Disaster Relief. Whoa, is this the sand dunes? I tried to do this at Pismo Beach when I was growing up. Oh, really? Sandboards, like we always like make them in the garage and stuff like that, and it would never work. Never worked. No. <laughs> never worked. I am from Pismo Beach, sir. You're a long way from home, aren't you? That's about 100 miles up north. I kept looking all over for Pismo Beach just to get a bowl of clam chowder. I found it. I have moved my home to Pismo Beach. Later, while we were learning about the Pismo Beach disaster, I didn't even know that there was a college here. Well, I commute to San Luis Obispo twice a week. There's a deer. Dewey just called from Pismo Beach. He says there's no way he could have grabbed your ass. California's been good to me. Hope it don't fall into the sea. Sometimes you got to trust yourself. It ain't like. Welcome to a new edition of the Slow Cal Podcast. Jerry Perez is back with me. I'm Cyrus Sotsas. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. You can follow this program on Twitter at SlowCalPod. Jerry, are you on Twitter? No. Oh, why, man? <laughs> you asked me this the last time. I'm not the big uh, social media I guy. I'm, I have, obviously, I do Facebook. I do have an Instagram that I never use, and I don't do Twitter. <laughs> and as as the older I get, the crabbier I get, and the less I'm yeah. be, the less I want to be involved. And I'm and I'm de- I'm definitely outdating myself. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but I mean, Twitter is a weird one. It's I don't know if Twitter is something that's trendy. And you know, like when I teach journalism, I always try to to enlighten my students to the fact that you could use Twitter to your benefit. You could actually create like a news ticker on there and be an informed member of society but like yeah like instagram's definitely the trendy one tiktok's fucking super trendy snap i'm not like i don't use snap do you huh snapchat <laughs> okay that answers that yeah i don't i don't i tried it i was like fuck this i'm just not it's just not like it's work like i feel like any, any like, like producing content on snapchat is like you're working it's like what the fuck am i gonna work for here are you well, paying here here's here's my argument and I think I have a fair argument and people who argue against me have a fair argument as well. Mm-hmm. What I, what I don't understand, I get the criticism of Facebook because now everybody and literally their mom is on Facebook now. So yeah. what you were able to get away with a couple of years ago without your family members knowing, you know, you could post pictures, say things. And now because the older crowd has gotten in and now everybody can see what you're doing and, you know, people are chiming in, Oh, you shouldn't be drinking or you shouldn't be doing that it's, you know, the secret is out. But what I don't understand is that with Facebook, you're allowed to post pictures or comments and, and do whatever and post videos. But for some reason, people like the a la carte way or Instagram is just photos. Twitter is just your comments or your, your, your opinions. Well, Instagram, well, Instagram's diversified. Like you can do stories there, like Snapchat. Now you can even make like little fucking video clips. Like, like, so basically, so basically it's becoming Facebook, right? Well, well, first of all, they are the same. I mean, Facebook owns Instagram, but I, I think, right. I think Instagram is just the more mobile-friendly version. Whereas, obviously, Facebook's you can has the app, but it seems to be more user-friendly for desktops. So that's what I've taken out of it. And then Facebook just isn't as cool and hip, but more people use it, like way more people. 
over 90% of Americans have a Facebook account. That's fucking crazy. Right. Right. That's crazy. Right. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, it's funny, like you, you just described as it's a lot of work, right? You got your Snapchat, your Twitter, and your Instagram. Well, but, to make videos, yeah, like to make like, like it's one thing just like Twitter, I don't mind, because you just fucking, you just type things. You can just type like whatever is on your mind, or if you're trying to inform people, you type and you post a link. Snapchat, there's like filters, like you have to mm -hmm. find the right angle. Like, you, I mean, not to mention like you kind of have to be a narcissist. Like, I, I, just, I guess I just don't care about <laughs> myself enough to share my image with others. And, and that's the whole premise of Snap. Snapchat, sorry, the company's called Snap. But uh, is that, yeah, me, look at me. I think the most, the most appealing part of Snapchat for, for users is that the content is not permanent. You know what I'm saying? Like you right. just either post shit or you DM on there and it's gone. But um, it could, could also be that we're also getting older or well, we are older, right? Yeah. But it, I, what I, I guess what I find funny is like people say, oh, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. Why don't I just follow your Facebook where I'm seeing all of that consolidated? Yeah, and I think the answer to that, uh, I don't know. I, it, Instagram is, is clearly more visual, you know? I mean, it's almost right. exclusively visual. And if you pride right. yourself on your photography or if you want to let people know what you're doing, you know, it's a great platform for that. I have a friend who started, who switched from Facebook to Instagram recently. Like she had accounts on both of them, but she went to Instagram because... She thought um, there was too much politics on Facebook. Yes, right now, absolutely, right? absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately, you know what all these things are, man. They're just distractions from life. You know, there's just it's just time wasters. It's just fuck. You know, like that's all they are, man. It's just a, a an escapism, I suppose. Um, some people and, and, and you and you said it perfectly. It is some form of narcissism for sure. Oh and yeah, and validation. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's, it's definitely fulfilling insecurities there. Um, so, okay. So you're not, I, that was a nice little social media rant. So, okay. So you're not on any of these things except Facebook. Except for, um, for, for the time being. Yes. For the time being. Uh, so I, I guess here, here's one thing I want to touch on you. We, we do not even cover this, but so my, so this is the third episode now of the podcast. And as I, as we produce more and more of these, like, like, you know, we're going to touch on different things in the community here in our beautiful central coast. Last week, I had on the show a journalist from um, Slow Trip to talk about all the Black Lives Matter protests, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like, because to me, shit got real when I started seeing protests here in Slow. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, this is a small area. This is not a, a necessarily a very progressive area. So to see protests here in slow was eye-opening that was like the first sign that that, the, that that was the first thing that made me go wow this is really is a huge national movement mm -hmm. even little towns like slow that have virtually no black people and very few minorities um is hosting these kinds of of, of protests on the streets these assemblies uh it was crazy to me so i i brought on uh, uh mackenzie schumann of this of the slow trip just to get some information because i wanted to kind of like find out because i'm not going to these fucking things like i mean I, I feel like now more than ever this is such a young person's movement because of covid right like you never you rarely see old people at these protests um but well, isn't but protests have always been a young a young thing generally primarily. speaking yeah primarily you're right more so now than ever though i think because <clears throat> again because we, we're in the middle of a pandemic like who wants to be involved in a huge crowd right unless you're young and you just don't give a shit and that can uh, and that can lead to another topic of you know people not admitting that COVID has been spreading through, through these, the protest through the protest mixed data mixed data on that. mixed I mean, data 
and it's also somewhat taboo, a taboo uh, subject to bring up. Why? Well, people don't want to bring up that there has been some spread. I, and like you said, mixed, mixed data, that mm-hmm. stuff has been transmitted through these protests because they're large gatherings. But yeah, nobody, wants to, nobody wants to admit that that, could be, that, that, that has contributed to an uptick in COVID cases. Maybe. I mean, because I, I, right. I, did, re- I, did, I did research on that. And there's all, for example, there really were not that many protests going on in Florida, but mm-hmm. cases there were skyrocketing. You know, and, and it's also are. and it's harder um, to transmit outdoors also too. That too. And and most of the people are masking, you know. I mean, it's not Correct. like everyone's just out there without masks. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a taboo. First of all, let's not let's not make any topic on this show taboo. I mean, let's just talk about anything, okay? Like the, like let's throw sensitivity out, out the window here. <laughs> um at least, you know, in in a reasonable manner, like we're not hurting other people. So yeah, I mean, is I, I don't know. I I've I've heard criticism of that. I hear I hear right wingers and conservatives especially bring that up. Like, well, if they can do that, why can't our churches be open? It's like, well, I mean, look, it's it's a First Amendment right. I I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. I just don't know how you can stop the protests. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can regulate everything else. You can close churches. You can close businesses. At least make people go outside. You can't really just close a fucking protest. I don't know how you can stop that, you know? Right. Um, but dude, I, I bring it up with you though, because like, dude, what's your stake in this? I mean, you're black and this is <laughs> a very white place. You grew up here. Right. Like, are you sympathizing with the BLM movement? Like, do you have a differing opinion? What's your take on this? So that's a, that's a big, uh, um, it's opening up Pandora's box. You, you've basically asked me 10 questions. I um, did. I, I asked a lot. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. But I was just trying to, gather my thoughts and break it down. Yes, I am black. I'm half black, half Mexican, raised by my, by my Mexican mother. Very stereotypical, I guess, <laughs> upbringing in terms of, you know, being black in a single parent household, which unfortunately is too much of a common thing, but that's a subject for another day. So, <laughs> my, uh, you know, my, my feelings have been very mixed because there is the Black Lives Matter movement, and then there's like the Black Lives Matter slash organization. And and it's created a conflict and a, and a bad perception. And going to the first protest that started back in May, following the whole George Floyd fallout, the protests were, uh, though I have not gone to any of the protests or meetups, uh, the beginning protest was a beautiful thing to see. Like you said, it is a predominantly white town, white area. Um, there's more uh, Mexicans than there are Blacks. There's very few Blacks and the majority are the blacks that you would see here in town are most likely Cal Poly students, um, transplants. And to see the unification in the beginning, yeah, it's, it, it was an amazing sight. My, my roommate uh, slash friend has a drone and he shot the first uh, big march that happened downtown and he caught some amazing footage of this unifying front and it was amazing to see. And it was well organized, well put together. And yeah, you know, there are things that need to be brought to to the forefront, to people's attentions. There are some discriminating factors that are going around the around the country in certain parts of America and even parts of the world. But lately it seems like certain things have gotten out of hand. And 
what, what do you mean by that? And that's a re- that's a huge reason why I brought Mackenzie on because I wanted to, she's been to all these protests. She's covering these things, and, and I asked her a lot of questions about that. I'm like, have businesses actually been looted? Have you actually seen violence? And her answer to all that was no. There hasn't been any of that. Right. There's Is been it, a couple couple incidences that have led to a major incidents. Um, like what? Which, well, for example, I mean, we kind of became somewhat national news over the last month because of the arrest of one of the protesters. Um, the organizers, Tiana. Yes. Correct. One of the organizers of the protest, Tiana Arada, who led a, who's been leading about the majority of all these protests. And there was a protest about a month and a half ago that, you know, even though she describes it as joyous and building bridges, uh, uh-huh. it, it, it did it did take a little bit of a turn for the worse. You know, she was going around town, and this is not me uh, assuming what she did. This is a documented video that she posted mm-hmm. and her friends posted of, you know, going around, yelling at people during their dinners or whatever, saying, fuck your comfort, fuck America, fuck the flag, where she spits on the flag, stomps on the flag. Ooh. And, you know, and that's where that's where you lose me, you know? And mm. uh, it's, it is freedom of speech, but... And then, so when you create that dynamic, it creates the other side where now you're seeing a little bit of, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but, you know, I guess you could call them MAGA people where, okay. where they're, you know, obviously now they're showing their anti-BLM movement and showing the, the, the whole all lives matter movement. Um, I don't you know, just try to describe what all lives matters mean. Of course, yes, all lives do matter. Yes, but if you that's, believe, a, that's a, the Republican line is the all lives right. matter. Yes, but it's true. All lives do matter, and if yes. all lives do matter, then why is a black life considered less? Right. So yeah. basically, a black lives matter means black lives matter also matter too. So that's you know that's a big point of contention for a lot of people who want to see it their own way. But like I said in the beginning, yeah, growing up as a black person here in Slo, I mean, I've never had any issues to be to be honest with you. But I'm not going to be naive to think that there isn't racism here. Sure, right. I'm, per- I'm pretty sure there's racism here, but I can go to any town in America or any town in the world of 8 billion people. Uh, I'm going to find racism everywhere. Maybe it's racism towards blacks. Maybe it's racism towards Mexicans. Maybe it's racism towards whites in some areas of the, of the world. There is racism everywhere. That's, that's just the unfortunate thing of human nature. We discriminate, unfortunately, whether, <laughs> it's, through, whether it's through finances, your career, your status, your your color, your gender, your hair color, your eye color. Unfortunately, the shitty aspect of of a human being, right? We look down on people for whatever reason. You know, I think it's a tribal it's a tribal thing. It is in many ways. It is you're right. But my, you know, like I said, I was raised by my mother. Uh, I did go to a black church as a child here in San Luis Obispo. At one point, there was four. They have one. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's one now, but when I moved here in 83, there were four black churches. That's a uh, West Coast thing in general, man. That's that's a, that's a the, the consequence of gentrification. I mean, I lived in San Francisco for 12 years, and that went from being a city that was a middle-class haven full of diversity to just being an all-white, rich place. Well, and, but, here, but here's the thing, Cyrus. That's, not, that's, a, that's a big kind of misconception or perception of slow, because mm-hmm. there was a, a relatively, I wouldn't say big, you know, Slo did not have a big black community here, but they did have a black community that I said at one point was able to sustain four black churches, one being big, one being small. And remember, there's more people today here in San Luis Obispo than there was 30 years ago. 
Yeah. So you look at the numbers in and people don't realize there was a lot of black people, especially in California because of the railroads and a lot, you know, the railroad came through San Luis Obispo also. So there was, you know, that brought a lot of blacks to living up here in Santa Maria and San Luis Obispo. Majority of the, of the workers at the Madonna Inn were black, you know, mm. the staff, you know, you know, the kitchen staff, the cleaning staff were, were black. Hmm. So, and I caught the tail end of that, you know, when, like I said, when I moved here, uh, I was partially raised by an old elderly black couple that became essentially like my adopted grandparents. Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't know my grandparents on my dad's side and my grandmother on my mom's side was living in Mexico. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, we were taken in by these strangers that we didn't know or have any connection to that ended up being a huge part of our lives and they were black. So I went to their church and for, you know, many years. And unfortunately, because that community was also elderly, unfortunately one by one started dying off and their kids and grandkids started moving away. So there was, I don't know if you would call it an exodus in the nineties, but there was a lot of black people that did uh, move away. And I don't know yeah. what their experiences were or why they decided to leave, maybe because it was becoming more white or maybe, I, I don't know. Now, as far as my individual self, um, you know, I've been asked before, did I have a lot of black friends growing up? No, I didn't. Um, but that's also, it comes down to a numbers game. You know, if we're the minority, then I'm only going to have a few black friends and majority white friends. Um, that's just the way it worked out. And <laughs> I guess going back to the elderly couple, if I did have black friends, they were average above the age of 60, <laughs> you know, going to the churches with them and going to deal, uh, dinners with them. Um, and predominantly when I went to elementary school, to junior high, to high school, I was predominantly the only black kid in my class. In my graduating high school class of 1997, there was only four of us, mm -hmm. two girls and two guys that were out of 300 plus graduating students, there was only four of us. And, but it never, it never bothered me because that's, that was kind of my whole life. I was always a minority within the minority. So it's kind uh -huh. of like, you know, it's like, I don't want to say whatever, but that was my experience. And I, and honestly, I never had a bad experience. Um, I, and I tell people, I think the more criticism that I ever got was actually people of my own color and culture of, you know, black people saying that I'm not black enough or I'm whitewashed, hmm. but you know, yeah, I've got all that, you know, and, huh. and, but the funny thing is, yeah, I grew up in slow. So maybe I'm whitewashed, but I speak Spanish. I'm black. Do you, are you, you fluent know? in Spanish? I'm fluent in Spanish. Yes. Good for you. Good for you, man. Yeah. I'm jealous. I talk, I talk to my, I talk to my cousins in Mexico almost every day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Either, you know, through phone or FaceTime, whatever. And then being raised with my mother, we, we speak Spanglish. Essentially we go back and forth or I'll ask my mom something in Spanish. She'll respond in English. She'll ask me something in Spanish. I'll respond in English. So we have that kind of a language <laughs> communication, huh. but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fluent for sure. Yeah. I go to Mexico at least two, three times a year. I haven't gone this I year because Mexico. of COVID. I love Mexico. I know. Yeah, so I, 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 I brush up, you know, I keep, I keep my, my Spanish in check here and there. And anyway, yeah. So yeah. And, and I, I asked about Tiana. I mean, the whole thing with Tiana that I didn't understand is why they levied so many charges against her when she's not forcing these other protesters, you know, like, I think that, I think the main issue from that day was they went on the freeway Correct. That caused some problems. Correct. And, and I told Mackenzie that my personal belief on protesting is that when it comes, I'm all for it. And I, and I support everything these, these individuals are doing in regards to the black lives matter movement. 
I don't know what the organization is you're referring to. I don't know if there if there is an actual well, organization. No, there there is. It's, uh, I think it's BLM.org, and they have their whole mission statement. So some too. website. Okay. So well, anyways, but so so you know, but I can understand what I was telling Mackenzie is when it comes to protesting, I could understand people being super agitated and annoyed when protesters block traffic. Because in the Bay Area, for example, there's probably more protests there nationally than most other places. I mean, Portland seems to be the capital right now. But the tactic, when it comes to the tactic of blocking traffic, I understand why they're doing it. They want to raise awareness. But a lot of people that you're really annoying and that you're really agitating and that you're really inconveniencing might be on your side but they're just living their life trying to get from point A to point B and you're completely disrupting that. Absolutely. Especially if and, you're on the freeway where you're just trying to go from point A to point B, like you said. And, and to me, that tactic is counterproductive. That was just my point with McKenzie. I'm like, if you're, if you're trying to protest and, tr and you're trying to bring real change to this world, don't do it in a way that's going to piss people off towards you, right? That's going to actually anger people more than bring sympathy and causing traffic just is not, a productive way in my opinion right with that with that said i don't think i don't i still don't understand how you can charge her and i'm glad they took away the four felonies they originally wanted to, the police wanted to charge with four felonies that's crazy and, and they the da eventually lowered it i think to seven misdemeanors which is still kind of insane is it seven or 13 it was, uh... or maybe 13 i don't know but you yeah. might be right I, I don't quote me on that number but um I, I just don't understand how you can hold her responsible for the actions of others in the protest when the Constitution merely grants the right to assembly. It doesn't right. grant the right for law enforcement to pursue the leader of the assembly if they're, and hold them liable for the actions of the other protesters. Do you follow? Like, I, I just don't understand how you can hold her responsible so for actions of others. You know what I'm saying? Like... Let me let me try to answer your question because you're you you are asking valid questions. It's almost this might be a bad analogy, but it's something similar. Um, if you have a child that commits a crime and that child is a minor, you are responsible for that minor, correct? Even though it's the minor's fault. The well, if you're a parent, yes. Correct, right? So this is not a direct analogy, but I believe why she was charged with these felony slash uh, misdemeanors is because she was the organizer of the protest and mm -hmm. you are and you are right i mean you can only control so many people within your group if somebody decides to go rogue should she be responsible and that's a great question and i can't answer that but from what i know um from the very beginning they were told never to go on the freeway okay not, not just this particular protest but i think in the past and i understand you know it's a, a protest regarding what the subject is. It's always going to be a very major, hot, controversial topic, right? Mm -hmm. Because a protest is supposed to disrupt. A protest is supposed to attract attention. Uh, a protest is supposed to like shock and theoretically wake a person up, right? And, 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 and keep in mind, no major changes have ever happened in this country without violent protests, right? Whether it was the Revolutionary... Uh, well, think about it. Whether it was the Revolutionary War. That was a well, bloody-ass war... Right, this whole well, country is based on a protest. That's what, but on, but on, but the real changes happen from violent protests. So look at look at the Civil War, where we lost what two hundred thousand Americans, or maybe the number is even higher. Uh, just so was, we can, I think that was just Gettysburg alone was two hundred thousand. You're right. So maybe I'm grossly understating that. I mean, I mean, we lost more soldiers in the Civil War than anything else, and that was to free slaves. 
You know, like we couldn't free the slaves well, without that, was, that conflict. Oh, let's let's get it correct. There was one of the topics of the Civil War was slavery. That was just one of them, but not the well, end, you, all, end all fair, be all. Fair enough. But in the end, if the Civil War didn't happen, black oh, people would still hey, be in chains hey, and have no rights. Hey, so, hey, man. Hey, hey, I'm grateful. So, yeah, and that's my point. And then, and then, and then, look, at the, and then look at this civil rights movement. And now, you didn't have a war in that case, but there was a lot of casualties on both sides, whether there were lynchings or whether there were, like, violent protests. Right. And eventually, Lyndon Johnson passed legislation, the Civil Rights Act. And until the Civil Rights Act... Blacks and other minorities did not have real rights in this country. That, that's the thing that oh, I always have to, like, that agitates me when people make the argument that, oh, everyone's, everyone's equal now. Oh, don't blame, like, my, 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 uh, my grandfather's grandfather, yeah. you know, my forebears for, for their sins. But newsflash, it wasn't just your great-great-grandfather. Your great, great this was your actual grandfather, right, you know, correct. that was actually, like, alive. Like, yeah. Jerry, like, like, and Jerry, your grandfather on your dad's side could not sit in certain places of, of on a bus, absolutely, or drink and use certain fountains. That's crazy to me. So, so in all these things, I guess I don't know. I, I guess I see, I can see both sides, but I can definitely see the the BLM side much more, right? Sim right. Si simply because, it, and it isn't just like the the police brutality. Okay, like I I get that part of it. And I get feeling like, like, let me ask you this. Like, do you ever feel like the police treat you differently? Uh, and I hope this is not coming across as naive. Uh, no. Okay. Um, and look, I don't think it's naive at all. That's it's your personal experience. It's your personal because, feeling. Correct. It's my, my personal experience. And, and, and that's the thing of self-discovery over the last few months that I have to understand that my experiences are my experiences and they're not somebody else's. So, you know, I know lately I, I feel that, if you're black, you have to be a monolith and you have to agree with one aspect of what's going on. Let me tell you something. If I get pulled over by a cop, I'm nervous. Absolutely. Oh, so am I. <laughs> but, and, and, and that's my point. And that's my point, Cyrus. I'm nervous because, holy shit, am I going to get a speeding ticket? And, you, you know, speeding tickets can range anywhere from $300 to 1000 or whatever, depending on your speed. Yeah. Did, I, did I do a California roll? Did I not stop at the stop sign? That's like 500 bucks. You know, uh, absolutely. And, but... The thing is, like, if I get pulled over at night, am I nervous because of my skin color? No, because you also have to understand it's at night. The, the cop doesn't know if I'm black or white, doesn't know if I'm male or female. Mm -hmm. He's walking up to me cautiously and, and he's probably just as nervous as I am because he doesn't know who he's dealing with. Right. It's a blind. Essentially, it's a blind date. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and. And at night, you know, you know, I've been pulled over downtown late at night when I'm coming home from work. Mm -hmm. But it, and you realize why I got pulled over was because I'm driving through downtown, maybe Thursday, Friday night. Um, it's one o'clock in the morning, and if you know the statistics of driving through downtown at that time of night, it might mean that I'm drinking and driving. Not that mm -hmm. I'm drinking and driving, but the driver could have been drinking and driving. Of course not, Jerry. Never you. Never, never me. Never, never, never. I live downtown. Uh -huh. I live downtown now, so I drink and walk. Right. Um, so, but you gotta you gotta look at the big picture. Now, that's me growing up here in San Luis Obispo. I've never lived in LA. I've never lived in certain areas where there is a such thing called driving while black. I've never experienced that. And and like I said, that's not my experience. But that doesn't mean I, I speak for the whole black community of saying, oh, it doesn't exist of somebody getting pulled over because they're black. Yeah, it does exist. It just didn't hasn't existed for me yet mm -hmm. you know yeah i hear you i hear you
Yeah, and I, I, but I guess the police brutality thing, I get it. But for me, I, I think that I think that the more important thing with these protests, and and the reason why I I don't like a rebuttal to BLM being all lives matter, is that all lives, all races did not for hundreds of years experience slavery and discrimination and a lack of equal rights. And that results in a tremendous loss of opportunity for the current generation. And what I mean by that is when someone dies, their money just doesn't go back to the bank or go up in smoke. It gets passed down. When someone dies, their land doesn't go back to the bank. It gets passed on to someone else. That shit builds, okay? That term old money is real. Mm -hmm. Most people who have privilege do so because they have generation upon generation of families that have been successful that have built up to where they are now. Which is called generational and, wealth. Yeah, and, and well, that's, and that's also white privilege. That's, that's where the term white privilege comes in. It's a combination of, again, generational accumulation of wealth and land and all the perks that come with, again, not being discriminated against. Like, I don't know how many people have lost jobs because they did not fit that vanilla picture. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people have been turned down for dates by members of the opposite sex that they were attracted to because of what they look like or maybe even something as weird as their name, mm -hmm. you know? And it's these little things that do build up. And I could see, I could understand the rage coming from that side that, Look, we have been completely treated unfairly since the dawn of this country. And I know you white folk think that everything's equal and it's a level playing field now. It's not. It's not. Ask Native Americans if they think it's a level playing field. Ask them if they think just because they live in a reservation and they have certain plots of land in this country given to them, that suddenly everything is fair now after hundreds of years of mistreatment and rape and slavery and just, I mean, and it's just, it's crazy. It's just, so I, I can understand it. I guess I can understand the anger from that side. I could understand their point and the people who counter that. I'm, I guess my thing is always like, like, why, why are you trying to deny that this has been going on for so long? Like, why are you trying to deny how these people feel? You know, like if you're a white person saying all lives matter how have you been discriminated against in your life? At one point in your family's history, have you been relegated to being forced to serve for someone else, relegated to be forced to sit and eat somewhere else, relegated to where your rights are limited and you have no resources set up for future generations ahead of you? That, I don't, you I don't the, get the, it. Yeah, you have the Irish, you have the Italians. The Italians weren't considered white until what sixty years ago. Well, yeah, that, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the the whole Liberty Island immigrant immigration. Right, yeah, that's right. But it, but it's it's part of the the fabric, right? I mean, even women not having the right to vote. Well, until... women have they have a whole case themselves for right. being absolutely angry. I, yes, absolutely. yes, they do. And and you know, so I you know, so I that's where I guess I I, I completely understand where they're coming from, and I do not understand this other side. I don't I don't understand trying to shit on Black Lives Matter simply because you're afraid of them. I, I, I don't really or I don't know what the reason is. I, I really cannot in my mind understand why you would care so much to actually voice opposition to this group when all they want is to be treated equally. All they want is to not be afraid in life. You know, that's it. Right. They're not asking for much. Right. And but you want to like sit there and call them like, you know, 
violent protesters. You you want to sit there and and whatever labels you want to put on them. I I just I. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I just don't yeah, get it. I, you know, it's it's interesting. And and because I am black, I do research history slightly differently, right? I, I research the history that is taught in schools. And then and your perspective and your perspective. Is right. And then, and, and then obviously I look into the history of my my ancestors and, you know, people of my skin color that I've gone through, you know, in in the U.S. And there's always this catch 22 not, not only just blacks, but even with minorities when they protest, it's like, well, if you don't like America, you can leave it. Well, you know, America has a constitution that sometimes doesn't follow its own constitution, uh-huh. right? Um, but, you know, there's always this catch-22 of, whether it's ranging from Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, to Colin Kaepernick, to Tommy Smith and uh, Juan, uh, John Carlos and uh, Muhammad Ali, to, it's always been a, did I mention Colin Kaepernick too? It's always been a, a criticism of how to protest. That's mm-hmm. not the right, that's, you know, it's always like, that's not the way to protest. That's not the way to protest. You shouldn't do this. You know, even Martin Luther King just walking across the bridge, you know, down in Selma was criticized. He, you know, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee to bring attention to what is going on with the injustice of America. It's always, there's always been criticisms of, you shouldn't protest. You can protest, but just not like that. You can protest, but don't do that. You can protest and don't do that. Mm-hmm. So my only criticism with the whole Tiana Arada thing is that they were granted many protests and many parades throughout the town to do what they wanted to do. And, but they were told um, to not go on the freeway. Now, people, <laughs> people, people will turn that into a racist thing. Oh, they don't want them to go on the freeway because they're black. Sure, if that's what you want to claim, fine. Or maybe it's just because maybe on the freeway, the you know maximum, maximum speed is 65 miles an hour and you don't want to get people killed, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I guess that's what somewhat happened, something somewhat happened where, you know, they created a crowd and a barrier and somebody's trying to push through and something, something happened led to that car pushing a little bit extra and that caused a person to fight back a little bit extra to the point mm-hmm. that a car's window got busted out and there was a child in that car that got hurt. Right, but but again, that but that driver was trying to just like plow over or through the protest, right? I mean, right. But, but once again, sir, that's why you don't go on the freeway. Right? Well, yeah, I know, I know, I get that. I I know, I know. But I also don't like like for example, there's this there's a there's this news site here. I think they're called Calcos News. Correct. Um, and I'll never know about them unless except for the fact that for some reason Google News and other news aggregates sometimes publish their stories. So I I, I started clicking on it. Probably because of their gotcha headlines. Maybe they're. I mean, they're, they're the Fox News of, of slow, man. That's that's clear. That's, I don't know any, any other way to categorize in of, them. In terms of gotcha, yes, I wouldn't say they're Fox News because I believe they're fairly on the liberal side. Don't. No, no, they're oh, not they're, at they're all, concerned? man. Oh, okay. oh I, no, like for example, I don't, like that, I, don't, I don't read them. I don't read them. I, I, I no, for like for example, that story. So so for for those who aren't familiar, like like one of the really big dramatic moments of that the protest going on the freeway is that. One driver decided, I'm not going to put up with this, and decided mm-hmm. to just drive through the protest, right? Correct. Um, I mean, look, you can't do that. I mean, you just don't, you just can't, I mean, you can't drive into people, man. Right. I mean, unless you're, you're blatantly, obviously threatened, which he wasn't, or the driver wasn't. So Calcos News, and this is, an, this is to show you why I, I call them the Fox News of, of the Central Coast, is they painted the whole story as protester smashes window of car and hurts kid 
they made like no reference to the fact that if that person wasn't trying to drive through a group of people, that wouldn't have happened. The person who smashed the window, yeah, clearly that's messed up. But maybe they were reacting to the fact that this person right. narrowly avoided killing them and they got pissed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you're, and, so, you're, and, and, and Calcos just didn't publish any of that. Like they, didn't, they, they, they failed to conveniently mention that part of it. And then the guy who runs it, this guy named Josh Friedman, went to one of the protests and was doing the Fox News angle of like irritating protesters while getting them on camera and then making them look like angry individuals. Um, was doing like, yeah, well, who is it? Crowder? I think just, there, yeah, there's a couple people and there's a Fox correspondent that does, what do you call it? Goading the, yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, exactly. He was blatantly goading. Anyways, man, I, let's change the subject, dude. Let's, let's talk about something yes. light and more lighthearted. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is, it's, a, it's, it's a controversial topic that could probably go on for the oh, next it is, 60, dude. 60 to hundred years. It is. It is. Um, uh, the fires are gone. We can breathe again. Well, the fires aren't gone, but at least the skies are a little better. Dude, we're like, like, so here in slow, I mean, California has just been completely inundated with all these wildfires and, 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 you know, very poor air quality. And the central coast has been no exception to that, man. I mean, we've been plagued with this for nearly two weeks now. And I think our issue is this fire up in Big Sur. Um, what is it called? Do you know what it's called? The one that's up there that's, that's really causing a lot of our problems. Uh, yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's it's um so for some reason I want to say the red fire, but that's way off. Um, I no, I do not know. No, damn it! And I had it in front of me just a minute ago, and I lost it. Um, well, but I get... a... yes, go ahead. No, just a, so there's a fire in Big Sur that's raging. I think it's up to like three thousand acres burn. No, no more than that, dude. God damn. Yeah, yeah, three yeah, three thousand acres. Um, on a daily basis or on total? Total, total okay. so far, and and it's called the Dolan Fire. Um, and that's that's what's fucking us up. That's what's causing all the dirty air here. It's insane, dude. Like, like I think today or yesterday was the first time we could, we could actually go outside without choking. Well, I'm, I'm looking out the window and I see a blue sky, which I haven't seen in a while. That's encouraging, man. That's that's a good thing. I know. I I, I went, dude. It's crazy. I went out and surfed. Um. Yeah, bro. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> Like it was like a week and a half ago, dude. You know, you know what the surfing thing is, man. For me right now, I mean, I love doing it. I've been a surfer for over twenty years of my life, but it's it's my sanity, dude. It's like my, my therapy. My therapist, by the way, I don't know if she, I don't know what's she just vanished on me like three weeks ago. She's in, she's in the hospital. I don't she's know. Sick like, of, she's sick and tired of your shit, dude. It's probably yeah, what maybe it is. maybe no. But she's she vanished. I got like one voicemail like a week and a half ago. Like, hey, sorry, I'm in the hospital right now. I'm like, what the fuck. So, dude, so we, just, just to interrupt you real quick, sometimes, yeah. ther sometimes therapists need their own therapist, too. Yeah, so. you're right. I don't doubt that. Um, <laughs> the Sopranos taught us that, too, if you watch that show. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, dude, surfing is my therapy, man. It's, it's the only thing that's kind of, like, keeping me sane, giving me some happiness in this world. Um, and even there, dude, like, colleges came back. Yep, Cal Poly's back. They started on Monday the 13th. Quest has been open for a month, and man, I, w I was not sure what was going to happen. Dude. All these kids came back, dude. They all came here. They're just not going to campus, but they're all here. Yeah, I think the population is about fifty percent. You think it's that, this, that? So half didn't come. Well, I think they were given the, a lot of were given the option to do online. Well, that's what stuff. I'm saying. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. They're they're doing it online, but they all still move back here. Like they're all living here. But they're just taking all the classes online, and I see them in the lineup, dude. So many fucking surfers out there, and they're all fucking college kids. And they're and like, and 
I don't blame them. They have like nothing else to do because most things are shut down and not much to do in this world is safe. But man, the lineups are packed, dude. It's crazy. Mm. You don't surf, do you? You want to take you out? You ever want to go? I surf the web. <laughs> have you driven by Firestone Grill lately? All the time. I live like four blocks from there. So yeah. Still has the best tri-tip sandwich in the oh, world, in my I, opinion. I, in my humble, honest opinion, yes, I think it, there's, there's another place here in town that, that comes in second, but it's a distant second. The one uh, down the street? Yeah, it's called Old Slow Barbecue Company. Mm. I think company mm. is the last word in the title. And and you know what? Their tri-tip is really good, but something about the Firestone tri-tip. And, and what's funny, you bring up the tri-tip and Firestone. I didn't realize that that's really a West one. Well, not anymore, but primarily for many years it's a, a west coast slash santa maria style barbecue thing hmm. that that tri-tip is not really it might be now but for many years it wasn't a common thing if you went outside of california to go to a barbecue spot and ask for a tri-tip sandwich so well the, the, yeah it's it is an amazing sandwich but the reason why i bring it up is because they've been getting a lot of criticism because um i i what and you tell me because i i barely leave my house everything's delivered to me i'm instacarting are they like? Are they not? Are they not following the rules in terms of social distancing and, and being safe? Like I'm hearing that they're packed. And... All right. So so here's the thing. So for people who don't know, Firestone is the big barbecue spot here in town, mm-hmm. and it, it's called Firestone because it used to be the Firestone Tire place. Right. And they took over the building, and it's a it's a big building. It's a, you know, it's just it's about the size of your typical sports bar and grill, like Buffalo Wild Wings. It's it's fairly big in size and on the inside. And then they own the front patio that seats about a good another hundred plus people. Mm-hmm. So on a busy day with people sitting indoors and people sitting outdoors and people in line, I mean, you're, you're talking about 300 plus people, right? Mm-hmm. So when the whole COVID thing hit and everything got shut down to where they were just strictly pickup orders where you couldn't even sit inside or sit outside, or if you could sit inside, it was like every other table. And they were one of the first places here in town to kind of somewhat 50% fully back open up where they were having people outside and indoors, 50% capacity indoors. Okay. And then, and then the city or the state shut that down. Like now everybody's got to be outdoors. So as far as I know, everybody, I guess when you say it's packed is that the outdoor patio is probably packed and then you still got people waiting in line. So if you want to describe that as packed and yes, it is packed. You know, there, if you drive by, you'll see a line of people. If you drive by, you'll see oh my God. sitting outside and no place here in town. Can you sit inside? So whatever, you know, people that right, were right. sat inside are, you know, are now outside. So, so the, so the chaos from that place is basically the line and then the patio area is just slammed. Correct. <laughs> but, I don't, God, but, but honestly, I don't know the patio cause I haven't been there in months. Um, in a couple, at least a good couple months. So I don't know if the outdoor seating is every other person or it's uh-huh. just like if there's a table, go ahead and sit down. But yeah, I mean, but Firestone, I mean, it's it's a staple of San Luis Obispo, so they're always going to be busy. And so yeah, I, I can see where the criticism is coming from. Have you been, um, some months back, I, I, was, uh, I was coming back from the Bay Area and I think this was like in June or July, somewhere around there. And, and, and I, was in a, I was in a Tascadero, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm starving. I'm craving in and out mm. I, I pulled over. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Was the, it was the first time in like three, four months I was, I was willing to like eat outside food. And 
And I, so the, 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 the line for the drive-thru was fucking insane. It was like being at Disneyland for a popular yeah. ride. And yeah. um, so I was, I was like, oh my God, I'm not doing that. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll just walk in real quick and wear a mask. And then, dude, it was cra- even the inside was crazy. And most people weren't even wearing masks. Have you been in and out lately? Like, or is that is that? I haven't, I haven't been in and out in a while. One, because I don't like waiting in the car line. And, <laughs> and, if, I, and, and if I do go to in and out usually, yeah, I do go indoors. But I haven't, last time I went to an in and out was probably back in May. Actually, up in the Monterey area, mm-hmm. and there is that Disneyland line, which is now longer because of COVID. And so, can you go in and order food, or what's you know the rules on that? Oh, with In and Out, yeah, yeah, you, dude. People were, were dude. It looked like there were just no rules being enforced. Like people right, were but this sitting. Is too, but you're telling me about an experience from two months ago, though, right? Yeah, but two months ago it was it was worse than that. I mean, if it was like that two months ago, I can't imagine what it's like now. I, maybe maybe they finally did clean up their act. I don't know. But this is like two months ago, yeah. But this is when like literally the cases were like, where where everything was sort of like peak again. Oh, right, right. And and people were just fucking not dude. There were no masks inside. Like just, I mean, the employees were wearing masks, but none of the customers were. It was crazy. I, I, yeah, I, as far as I know, I mean, as far as I know, I think the standard is you're, you're any place you go into, you have to have a mask. So if that's yeah. from two months, I mean, laws have changed just in those last two months where that's true. Everything is outdoors. Plus, if you go indoors, you got to have a mask. I, so. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I wonder because this, this was after the, the mandate, the, the, the statewide mandate was in place. But it was crazy, dude. I can't believe. By the way, you wrote down drive-throughs as one of the. Yes. Uh, dis- yes. What, is, what was, is that about? I was. I was just gonna. Uh, that was a perfect segue. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I wanted to ask you about your experiences because we we kind of touched on it on the first episode about why you came down here um, because of a girlfriend. And so this is this is gonna be like a three-part question that will lead into. It's kind of a long roundabout, but it'll okay. lead into drive-through. What was your impression of this place when you first moved? What, did you know of San Luis Obispo before you came here? What did you think about it? Like in and, 1997? Yeah. And when I moved here uh, for yeah, college? Yeah. Uh, right. What okay. did you, did you know? So it's a three-part question. So I'll ask you. All right. When you, when you moved here, what did you think? What was your perception? Did you even hear about San Luis Obispo and the shocker of no drive-throughs? <laughs> okay. So, so I'm, so I'm from a suburb in the Bay Area, which I, I hate the place. Like I, I have no <laughs> desire to ever live there again. And I actually started living there again for a couple of years before I came back here. Um, because my ex just was settled there. She was established there and I was fucking, you know, went along with it. So here's the, thing. in 1997, I was engaged and which is, I was way too young to do anything stupid and 19? serious like that. I was 19 years old. Yeah. I was, I was so in love with this woman that I got down on my knees and proposed. She, <laughs> she said yes. And, um, Dude, I mean, we were, we were madly in love, man. It was just one of those crazy young love things. And um, she was a year younger than me. She graduated, she graduated high school. And I would, um, I would have hoped so. <laughs> and that's how young, she, I mean, that's how young we were, man. Like I, I was, I was going to Humboldt state. I went back to the Bay area, met her. We started dating. Um, I proposed over the summer anyways. So she decided that she wanted to have the college experience. And our, our, our little hometown, like she lived in this town called Danville, which is yes. um, in, in the Bay Area. It's a totally rich, talking about privilege, like everyone there is just a, I felt when privilege. I, I felt when I went to Cuesta, I felt like half the people that I met at Cuesta were all from Danville or San Ramon. Yeah, and San Ramon is where I'm from, right? And right. so um, 
And, and that's the thing. For some reason, there are certain towns in this state, Danville, San Ramon, that area being one of them. There's certain places in Southern California where the word is out that slow is a is a great college town and you don't have to go to cal poly to experience mm -hmm. it yes um and, and there's very few places like that like the only other place i can think of this like that is santa barbara city college and so right and so she was kind of set on that she was like i i i you know she's like i want to go I'd, I'd never heard of it never once fucking heard of it like i'd barely heard of cal poly Maybe I heard of the town, but I, I didn't know anything about it. And so she left and she moved and we we're going to do a long distance thing. And the moment she left, I was like fucking heartbroken. I was like, I cannot do this long distance thing. Either we're going to break up or I'm going down there and we're going to fucking do it there. So I came down. I came down with a buddy of mine who's, who, who came with me from Humboldt. Um, and that's how I ended up here, man. And again, I had no idea at first, dude. And but the moment I got here, I was like, "Oh my god, this is one of the greatest places ever." I mean, especially if you're fucking 19. I mean, there's oh, just yeah. party, parties everywhere. Everyone's young. Like the weather's fucking amazing. Um, I mean, dude, I mean, slow is incredible. So that's how I got here, man. Yeah. And then I ended up staying here for three years before I moved to San Francisco, and I stayed there for 12 years. And yeah, why do you ask, man? I'm just curious. Well, no, I just want to get people's perspective of like people who have never heard of it, especially 20 years ago. And what was your perception of when you came here as a small town? I mean, there's, there's a lot of perceptions that this is a podunk uh, hillbilly town, which is, which is not. And for some people, this place is just far away. Even if you live in Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo is far away. Yeah. Um, I know some, that, that is weird. I've heard that. That yeah. is weird. An and, hour, 15 minutes is not that far. <laughs> no, people exactly. commute that every day <laughs> it's, a hop, it's a hop skip and a jump and, and also if you're living in 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 the bay area or the los angeles area if you want to commute from la to san francisco one you can fly and that's an hour drive right i mean hour flight but mm. a lot of people will take the five the interstate five because that trims off i believe anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half on your drive commute so you will get a lot of people who will not drive the 101 and that's weird is, that is weird to me i I've, I've done that only because to avoid traffic right um because if you for the barrier for example if you take the 101 you have to drive through san jose but if you skip over to the five you just kind of straight line yeah i mean you're still it depends on the time like i mean because if you right. go in the morning you're still dealing with all that commuter traffic from tracy and shit so that's it's not any easier but if you go in the afternoon yeah it's a million times easier. so, so a typical drive would be from if you decided to do san uh los angeles to san francisco on the 101 you're looking at about uh, a seven oh, that's drive. way, way longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah so about a seven, because you know, there's a lot of curves you're driving along the coast. Yes. It's definitely the more scenic of the two yeah. uh, freeways. Slower and, speed limits too, yeah. And, but if you take the five, like I said, you trim off like an hour, hour and a half. Oh, two, I'd I, say two hours. Right. I've done, I've done Bay Area to LA on the five and under five. Right. I actually calculated that. I've, and I've, Bay Area to LA on the 101 is minimum six hours, more likely seven. So yeah, it's it's way longer, dude. You know people that still do that? Well, I mean, I've known you know, people that, have, that live in LA or whatever that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know the coast. Other outside of, you know, Santa Barbara, like that's like, like Santa Barbara is like the cliff. It's like, that's where everything kind of ends. And then you got this big zone up until you hit San Francisco where it's just mm -hmm. like, I mean, yes, you have Monterey and Santa Cruz and, but there is like this, somewhat of a black hole where people don't really drive through yeah it's an and which it's is why a lot of, right which is why a lot of people yeah. probably don't are not familiar with the san luis obispo 
Well, and you know what's funny? So, so um, I've, I've gone to my bosses at Cuesta where, where I teach, and I've asked them, I'm like, can we recruit to other areas and just sell the town, you know, like sell the college experience as a, as a means to increase their enrollment? And there is a law where community colleges are not allowed to recruit outside of their districts or regions or whatever the imaginary line is. Okay. Um, so because you're, because you're right, dude, if, if more word got out, more people, more students would come, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you're, it is weird. It is weird. That there's certain places that um, for some reason have this connection to slow. Like I said, I have students who come here from, from LA, like, uh, like where in LA did they come from? I think they're like close to like Malibu or something like that. There's a, there's just a few communities that for some reason, Oh, in Orange County. I know there's a few mm -hmm. students I've had from like Newport. There's like a few communities that just like know about slow. And I don't know if it's just like a, like the parents pass it down to their kids or just the word of mouth gets out. I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. But yeah, Danville, California, Santa Monica, California. Those are hotbeds for, for Cal Poly and Cuesta students. It is man. Like they, they come down here for four or five years and then go right back. <laughs> so, so when did you figure out? So you, you asked me to talk about yeah. certain topics and I said, you know, my three topics were students coming back, the fires and the drive throughs So yeah. how long, so a lot of people don't realize until they move here or they're passing through here that San, San Luis Obispo itself, not the towns oh, around. Yeah, you're Sons, right. You're right. Does not have drive throughs Yeah. I remember that being a weird thing, but it's not, I mean, I thought about it for a second and then, and then up in Atascadero, they have a, they had a drive through liquor store. Is that still there? I don't go to Tascadero and get my <laughs> I know, but I remember that we actually <laughs> we actually did that once. Just when we were bored, we went up there and it was like a it was like a liquor store, and you could just buy booze and just never leave your car. Um, they have a like, they have in Tascadero. I found out has a open and carry. Is that correct? Does that can you say that open and carry when it comes to alcohol? I get that confused with like concealed weapons. Uh, oh, you definitely can't do that. No, in Tascadero, I believe you can have an open container. Not in your car. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, like just walking around, you mean? C correct. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I could believe yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just, you just got to go to Tascadero and do it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, there's um. a, so because so I get a lot of, you know, where I work at the TV station, there's a lot of turnover, new kids coming in, you know, to do news or whatever. And there's a new girl that just started and she realized that there's no drive-thrus. And I go, yeah, but you get used to it after, well, I mean, for me, I get used to it. I've been yeah. used to it. And there are a couple of spots here locally that are, ready to be drive-through if the day ever comes but i don't see that happening at but that's so. part of what makes slow special right is is we've resisted for the most part to prevent chains from kind of taking over like we we, we reward and value small businesses and you well, know, like every and it, you might, you well, might get did. pushed back yeah right you we might did we off. did um but but my point is i mean like we i mean at least the downtown and traditional areas i mean los osos valley roads change a lot but yeah. Um, but nearly every business that has a drive-thru is like a McDonald's or, you know, fast food place. I mean, I don't really know any drive-thrus. Santa Barbara as well has no drive-thrus. Yeah. I mean, whatever, man. And, and, and no drive-thrus equal less traffic. So I can, I can understand the logic of it. Do you, why do you want drive-thrus? Would you prefer that? No, I mean, no, I mean, I, I can, <laughs> I tell people, I thank God for the fact that we don't have drive-thrus because mm -hmm. if, if we had a drive-thru, we'd have in and out here in slow. And I would be mm. at I would be at In and Out every day. <laughs> so that's my own personal selfish reason why. It means I have to go either to a Royal, 
to a Royal Grande or a Tascadero to get in and out. Uh, you're you're to funny, try. dude. Yeah, I'm weird. You're funny. Uh, no, weird in a good way. I like weird. Before <laughs> we go, by the way, I, I do want to congratulate you. So, And I want to bring this up because um, Slow is located almost exactly at the midway point between the Bay Area and L.A. Give or take about and, 15 miles. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly. I think, San, I think Santa Margarita is the, the, the split. Really? Is that where the official midway point is? Well, well, because so, from here to LA is 200 miles from here to San Francisco is 230. Yeah. But I don't see, I call it, I say Bay area. So like, like, okay. So I, okay. How, right, I would if, say, you, if you're saying San Jose, yes, then yes. We're, we're yeah. Definitely. I'm saying San Ho. I'm saying yeah. San Ho. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the sports scene here is kind of torn in that regards. Right. And talking about Firestone grill from earlier, if you go in there, like you see jerseys from SF teams, but then you also see jerseys from LA teams. They don't have warriors jerseys there. They clearly prefer the Lakers there. I've noticed that. Um, so you're a prominent Lakers fan. That's your team. You love them. I want to congratulate you on winning the 2020 <laughs> World championship. Don't, don't jinx it. Just, just, I'll, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, David. I'll be like those players that won't touch the trophy unless it's the I know. trophy. I know. So. I'm, an, I'm the one because I don't. I have no skin in this game, so I say congratulations. <laughs> um, if I'm jinxing it, all the better. Uh, <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I just, I, you know, so um, I just, yeah. I mean, for me, man, the number, the most annoying fan base in sports are LeBron fans. Like they annoy me like no end, and and the main reason is their utter disrespect of Michael Jordan. They actually have the audacity to call LeBron a goat, the greatest ever. That is such a fucking bullshit claim. From the and, fans? Yes. Because I would say and the then, media, I would say the media outlet is totally the opposite. Well, yeah, yeah, the fans, the fans. Yeah, the media, with the exception of Jay Williams, I think everyone else at ESPN and most of these places do agree that Jordan, dude, Jordan's the greatest. I mean, I mean, no one's going to equal him un- unless Jordan, LeBron can pull off two more after this. Then maybe we'll have a discussion. But, um. But yeah, man, like for me, like a, I, I just don't want to see that fan base all arrogant and chest puffed out and then you Laker <laughs> and then you Laker fans, dude, I know you hate us warrior fans, but we, we did not exist in terms of being annoying and having a bandwagon until 2015. You guys have been around for decades. <laughs> like I'm old enough to have witnessed a lot of your greatness, dude. And you guys are about to be out there screaming and hollering and celebrating and you got Hopefully. your man. you will Ho- dude. Who's, who's going to stop you? I'm just, I'm just hopefully the only team that I think has a decent as a remote chance is Miami, just because they have Iguodala who has stopped or you can't say stopped, but he slowed down LeBron enough in the finals once before. Didn't, didn't LeBron get this, the block on Iguodala? The next year, yes. In but 2016, we, yeah. But I don't think Miami's relying on Iguodala for that again. I think they just want him for his defense at this point. Okay. Um, and then they got enough bodies to at least try and slow down Anthony Davis. I mean, that that one-two punch is just so lethal, dude. You guys, I, that is... Well, I the mean, crucial thing, the crucial thing, we all know what LeBron is going to do, and he's unstoppable, right? The only problem, that the major X factor is really Anthony Davis. He has to be consistent and that guy because we know lebron lebron can well we hope that's to to win ad has to be the man because we already know that lebron is going to be borderline triple double every game yeah lebron does whatever he wants yeah it's just now a matter of ad doing his thing and being consistent and then obviously you know the role players need to also step it up but anthony davis is, is the x factor Anthony Davis, he's going to come through, man. I Like I said, I, I, don't worry about Denver, okay? That would fucking shock me. But then again, I guess there are a lot. I mean, no one predicted the Clippers to 
fold like that. Was, oh. was that not the biggest choke job ever? I think like ever. Well, here's a th here's what's ever. Crazy. Here's yeah. what's crazy about the choke job is, it's one thing to lose the games, right? To lose a three-one lead. But what's crazy is that every lead that they had, which was like almost twenty points, not so. It's not only that you lost the game, you know. Say, you know, anybody can lose a lead of five points, right? But the fact that this team was losing eighteen to twenty-point leads, so they Dude. lost. They lost the games within the games, which is yeah. so insane. So it has to be the big choke job because I mean, the biggest. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you, I, I you, you lose three games in a row, but you also in those three games in a row you and I, even when Denver won game one, I think in game one they they cut down the lead to win game one. So they've blown all these leads. It's like all you had to do was show up, and for some reason they showed up but didn't appear. I don't know. That, that sounds very contradictory or oxymoronic. No, they, no, 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 no. They showed up and they faded. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah, like it's, it's just like who blows consistent twenty point leads. Well, well, I guess like what happened to, to to way off Pete? I mean, what happened to that guy, man? I mean, that's that's the the new nickname for him now is is playoff Pete. <laughs> is that because he, he hit the backboard with the dude? That was like talk about the <laughs> the moment in that series, dude. Way off Pete. I mean, but I mean his whole his whole demeanor during the playoffs. Remember he gave that that interview where he was like, "I'm in a, I was the in depression. a dark place." What fucking dark place? You make fucking thirty million dollars a year, dude. Big well, deal. You had to you had to sit in a hotel for two months. Oh no. <laughs> bummer dude that puts you in a dark place like all well, all that series did was make me not consider paul george to be a great player he's a good player not great not anymore I, so and this is what i was telling a friend of mine yesterday and this and this has to show or reveal the character of the clippers these two guys Kawhi leonard and paul george spurn the lakers because yeah. they wanted they wanted the easier route and not have the pressure of living up to this legacy of a Lakers uniform. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's the reason, dude. I no, really think on. the reason. Come on, no, I think the. I really think the reason is they just they, they just did not want to share the ball with LeBron. Like whoever plays with LeBron, you're not going to handle the ball that much. And that's fair, you know? Cyrus. That's a fair point. But what I'm saying is, you putting on that Lakers look at look at LeBron's pressure. One, because mm. he's 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 quoted himself as being the chosen one. People think he's <laughs> the, the king. Dog. He He's calls the himself the king. The, he calls well, he has, himself that. But he has a tattoo. He uh -huh. has a tattoo on his back that says "the chosen one." Uh, so he is called the king. That's arrogant dude. That, that, that's, well, I guess that's why I'm not a big fan of his. He's he is very arrogant dude. Like, and that's fine. So that's pressure. <laughs> so that's pressure that he's put on himself, and to put on a Lakers uniform. You like you 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 were brought to the Lakers to bring a title. So yeah. these so these guys of Paul George were. They courted Paul George for like two years. Come to LA. Fans were putting, you know, signs in the stands like "Come to LA." Yeah. He chose not to. We wanted Kawhi, and they chose not to. One because, yeah, you know, there is something about those bright lights. There is something about living up to the legacy of a Lakers championship. And they said, "Oh, the Clippers got something going on here," and the pressure is off. And Paul George totally revealed that in the press conference the other night. Oh well, this year wasn't a. a make or break season yes it was yes it was man you guys were built dude it's so crazy to me they gave up so much to get those two players like like it might be up to five first round picks they gave up and shay Gildress alexander is going to be a, a solid player maybe not an you know an all-time great but he's going to be a solid player and here's the craziest part Kawhi and paul george could be gone in a year yeah like if they, like if this happens again 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing Kawhi probably stays there for good. I mean, he seems to be very attached to Southern California. Well, he's, uh, is, he, is he Palmdale? I think he's from Palmdale. He's from Somewhere LA. around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere around there. And, but but Paul George, I don't know if he stays. I mean, I don't know if they even want him. I mean, I mean it's, it's crazy, to, dude. It's hard it's to cra- say. <laughs> well, it's crazy. And, and here's another crazy thing. It goes to show that Toronto needed Kawhi, but most importantly, yes. but most importantly, Kawhi needed Toronto. Yeah, because dude. if it, they had Kawhi right now, they would be inching for the playoff for the finals once again. Oh, dude, I, I don't think there would be any dispute. They beat Miami. They beat Miami. Yeah, there's no argument that if Kawhi stayed in Toronto, they would not only return to the finals, they'd probably be the favorites. Yeah, like it's, they, did, it's, they did a good job. I mean, they went to Game Seven, and they just showed that they just needed that extra little push, which would have been Kawhi. But it just goes to show how good they are as a team that they just needed that missing piece, which they lost. And it goes to show the big piece that Kawhi was missing, which was the team of Toronto. And and I read a report that Kawhi supposedly told the Raptors during their recruitment pitch last year that he didn't think Toronto had what it takes to repeat. And newsflash, that Toronto team without you equaled what you did. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's, cra- it's fucking insane. So, because nobody's, nobody's expected Toronto to beat a, a championship dynasty, right? Uh, n- well, no, but I mean... Look, so what, what, I'm, what I'm saying as far as pressure, like now the Clippers are expected to be this championship dynasty without even winning a championship, right? Yeah. That's, why put, that's why they put the pieces together. Right? Yes. So Toronto would have been even less pressure and no matter what they would have done would have been a success. Yeah. I, I do to me, man, that, that, that clip, the Clippers are just, I mean, that's just, it's laughable, dude. It is absolutely laughable. I, so congrats to your team, man. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm really bummed too because after the Lakers lost game one to Houston, which by the way was such a pathetic series. I mean, uh, like the Lakers had that series from the beginning, even with that one loss, you, you knew they had it. Um, when they lost game one, though, like so, I don't know if you gamble. Absolutely like, not. Uh, I, I like to bet a little bit, and um, I the odds for the Lakers winning the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. They became underdogs, mm-hmm. and my my website posted that odds like like even though that's it, the series was far from set, they started posting odds for who would win between the Lakers and Clippers because I think everybody on the planet thought that was the real NBA Finals this year, right? We were all looking yes. forward to that, and the Clippers were the favorites, so I put all this money down on the Lakers to win that series, and I would have scored, I would have scored so big, but they I couldn't bet on that anymore because the Clippers never made it, so my money just got refunded. <laughs> It's crazy, dude. It would have been. It was even crazier too. Is uh, I'm not trying to one up you, but that series it would barring COVID, that series would have been an all staples event. It would. They wouldn't. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, I, I, I honestly thought the Clippers would have had a better shot because all seven of those games, if it went to a game seven, would have been in favor of the Lakers. I mean, that's their court, dude. Right. If you're the Clippers, I don't know how you can stay there. I do not understand why you're still in, even in LA. Well, they're trying. They're trying. They're trying to go to Inglewood. No, what they should what they should do is go to Seattle. You know? Mm. Like that's what they should do, man. Like just do the LA is Laker town. Like one of the Clippers ever had any relevancy there, you know, like ever. Well, I mean, it was Steve Blake came, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, people forget they were in San Diego. I know. Why not go back? They were to San the Diego. San Diego that you're absolutely right, man. I mean, San they can go Diego back Clippers. to San Diego or Anaheim. Um Yeah, I mean, it they're not doing themselves any favors by staying in in 
LA and when Doc Rivers came to coach the Clippers, he covered up all the uh, the Lakers championship banners. He does during their games. He does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, remind me next show to talk about my experience going to our local nude beach. I forgot to bring that up, but we've been talking oh, Pirates Cove. I did. I tried it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> you get you get a case of the shrinkage or what? Never no, I didn't go nude. I didn't go nude. <laughs> I'm not. I just, I just went to ch- a friend of mine, uh, totally platonic man, but she loves going there, mm-hmm. and she invited me. And platonic, like, huh? Oh, to- totally. Like no interest, probably in either way. And and um, and uh, but she loves going there, and she was and she was off from work for the week, and she asked if I wanted to go, and I was like, well, I'm not getting naked. Is that cool? And she was like, yeah, she, not everyone gets nude. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. So I, which is know, weird. What's weird that I that I wasn't naked? Well, well, thank God you weren't. But uh, it is kind of weird. You're going to a nude beach and you're fully clothed. I, don't I wasn't fully clothed. I just had I had a board shorts on. That's all. I just you well, know. what what I'm saying is it's a nude beach, and for somebody to go to a nude beach and not be nude is kind of weird. A little bit, but the beach itself is weird because half of it is not a nude beach. Like oh, okay. the, the I, haven't, west, I haven't been in years, years, years. The western half of it is not considered a nude beach. The eastern half of it is. But even on the nude beach part, some people just want to chill and not get naked. You know, I mean, the nudists, the nudists don't own that beach. Like, it's not, they can't charge rent or they're not paying rent. So you can do whatever you want. But um, it was interesting. I'll, I'll talk about it next episode. Yeah, that's a good topic because I, I am curious to know the history of why that beach exists. Yeah, and maybe I'll bring on the person I went with. Um, she, I've been curious to bring her on anyways because she um, she is part of like the kink scene here in Slow. Oh, and okay. I, have million, I have a million questions about that. I have a million questions right now. I didn't know there was a kink scene. Exactly. Most people don't. We'll bring her on soon. We'll definitely schedule that. This is going to be video chat? No. Oh. <laughs> No. All right, my brother. It was always a pleasure. Always fun doing this. For sure, for sure. Thanks for being so open and honest. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point? I hope so. Yeah. It's our point, that's for sure. We'll do this again soon. All right, take care, man. Love you, Jerry. Peace. Well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Turn the radio loud. I'm too alone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.